You know what? I fucking knew it. I knew it. The other day, I was listening to one of our episodes, the one where we determined <laughs> to call them tailies. I said, I fucking bet he didn't come up with that. I bet that because, oh, Zane, I'm going to punch you right in the face. I'm calling him back for the planers. It's your first lock episode. Are you excited? Is it? How You've only been on four episodes. How do you have no concept of what you've been on? I don't. Because remember last time I was on, I thought I'd only been on like one. You've been on, what, two Kates, one Hurley, and then the one of the finales. So it didn't really have a person. So. They all blend together in my mind. How you doing, Laura? I saw a TikTok the other day. I thought it would be fun if we just copied them. <laughs> Let's pretend I'm giving credit to the person. I don't remember their name, but I've seen multiple people do this. Have you seen the videos where people um, say what their bits are? Yes. yes. Jinx. Here we <laughs> didn't jinx me. We jinxed each other. Give each other a Coke. Uh, I want to do that. I think it'd be fun. All right. So I'm not going to lie. I, I had this idea and I was like, oh my God, I want to do our bits. And then I started to try to write down what my bits are. And I was like, I don't have any bits. What are my bits? <laughs> I have no idea, so you guys have to go first. Because mine are going to sound stupid. Shouldn't we start with yours? Like, end on a high note? Aww. (laughs) (laughs) That's mean. Well, I feel like you guys are going to make fun of me, because I think you guys are funnier than me. We can start with the podcast bits. We always say we're award-winning. Is that a bit, or are we just lying? What about you constantly burping and eating? Is that a bit? That's, That's not a bit. That's just... Me being inconsiderate. <laughs> well, Kate and I call each other uh, bits and jokes and goofs and gaffs. We do. <laughs> Which one's bits and jokes, Lauren? No, like what? one is bits. One of us is bits and the other one is jokes. And then one of us is goofs and the other one is gaffs. I didn't even get that. I thought you were saying that that you just like label your stuff as bits no. and jokes. Okay, so <laughs> one of you... Hmm. Okay, I'm going to say Kate is bits, Zane is jokes. Yeah. Yep. But which one's goofs and which one's gaps? I'm just going to stick with the same order and say Kate is goofs yep. and Zane's yeah. gaps. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's that's a fun time. Uh, one of my bits is anytime Kate and I do something, I will say, like, for example... We had a charcuterie board when we watched the Bachelor premiere the other day. And I said, we're coochie girls. Oh. <laughs> or charcuterie girls. He always just calls us girls. Yeah. Like, we'll be eating pasta and he'll be like, we're pasta girls. <laughs> or we'll be in the kitchen he'll be like, we're cooking girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> or we're cooking mama. <laughs> we're just always girls of some sort. That's nice. I like that. Uh, one thing I do that Andrew really hates, almost everything I do, he hates, but... Uh, if we're just like doing something really mundane, like waiting in line to like buy a movie ticket or like at the grocery store or at the car wash, I'll just look at him and I'll go, uh, hey, you want to make out? And then <laughs> <laughs> he has started to be like, I do it at the gym sometimes. I'm like, I'm supposed to be doing like my exercise. And instead I'll go, uh, hey, you want to make out? And then he'll look around and he'll go with anyone. I'll be like, yeah, you, <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, you pick. Just. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyone. Uh, so I feel like most of my bits are with Andrew. I also wrote down some of Andrew's bits because I think he's funnier than me. Like one thing he does is if we go on a hike, for instance, we went on a hike called Mist Falls. And at the end, there's waterfall and it's very misty. And he just stands in the mist and he just goes, I wonder why it's called Mist Falls. <laughs> and he does that all the time. And I'm just waiting for the one day that somebody's like, well, actually, it's called Mist Falls because <laughs> I really want that to happen. I regularly tell people that I weigh less than a pound. So if I eat a lot, I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so full. I probably weigh a pound and a half. Or if I like haven't eaten a lot that day, I'll be like, oh my God, guys, I usually weigh a pound, but I haven't eaten anything. So I probably weigh half a pound today. Or like if I see something like at the store, that's like a super small size, I would be like, this is so cute. Too bad. It's too big for me because I only weigh a pound. (laughs) Oh, I know what you do. What do I do? We'll get through this. Oh God. Hate is uh, so mentally stable, (laughs) Um, but on the off times that she's not, and she's feeling very overwhelmed and emotional. Mm-hmm. You know, some minor inconvenience is, is weighing on mm-hmm. her. I will say, we will get through this. We always do. And it always makes me so mad. <laughs> and I a- always say, we never get through anything. Because we <laughs> don't. Pretty sure you guys have said that on an episode before. Probably. Uh, one thing I like to do is... Anytime like Andrew's annoying me or just like suggesting that I do something that I should be doing, like, you know, laundry or going to work or something. I'll be like, actually, I just did a poll of everybody in this neighborhood and they all say that you're fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I just do that for any, any scenario. I'll be like, oh, I just did a poll of everybody in this gym right now. And they all think you're ugly. So this isn't really a bit, but I, or it might be, it's just not that well established, but I'm doing it from like here on out. We were watching The Bachelor the other night and like the first girl got out of the car and Kate's mom took one look at her and said, Plain. No, I said that. Was it you? I thought it was your mom. Oh, okay, so you're on the inside of the car and Kate just goes, Plain. <laughs> she was boring. I was bored. So now anytime somebody walks on screen or whatever, I'm just like, Plain. <laughs> Next. This is not related to bits, but it's related to that bit, which is that every reality TV show that Andrew and I watch, we just pick apart all these people. Like everyone on the show, like Love Island, for instance, they're all like undeniably hot. But we sit there in our like pajamas eating like Doritos and we're like, "Uh, he's all right. As if we could ever get on a show like that. Well, what I regularly do as one of my bits is like... For example, I'll be like, if in an alternate universe where we broke up, this is what I would do as my bachelor entrance. (laughs) Or like, if in an alternate universe where we broke up, this is what I would do on Love Island. So like, and what, oh, and then this, I told Zane that if in an alternate universe, if we broke up, what I would say to him is, see you in another life, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's the alternate universe thing a lot. (laughs) Have you I ever have heard thoughts. Have you ever heard the story of one time this was like a long long time ago. Zane brought a girlfriend with him to Michigan to my grandparents' house for the 4th of July and we're all playing a game and this girl goes, "My next boyfriend blah 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 blah." And we all like That's so I'm uncomfortable. Sorry. It was yeah. and Zane didn't even hear it. 
She didn't even hear her say it. So it was just me and Andrew and I don't know, maybe like Delaney or something. Karen Delaney. And Karen Delaney. And so she's like, my next boyfriend, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, uh, what the fuck? Yeah, (laughs) another uncomfortable. Young love. Yeah, not like we thought they were going to end up together forever, nor did we want them to. But we were just like, damn, girl, you don't say it. Not on the family vacation. It probably didn't help my case that that entire trip I was flirting with Kara. Well, you always would flirt with Kara. Editing Zane here. We broke up about a week after that vacation, so maybe she was planning it. Okay, here's my last bit. This is an Andrew and I bit. Whenever one of us sneezes, we always go, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Instead of, bless you. Except one time I did it to mom on accident. She did not like it. She was not happy. And that's all my bits. At my old job that should not be named, whenever people would sneeze in the office, people would scream, security! (laughs) And, like, nobody told me that, like, that was going to happen. And the first person sneezed, and, like, three people were like, call security! And I was like, what is happening? And then I just realized that, like, they just did that every time someone sneezed. That's awesome. (laughs) All right, let's get into it. Lauren, hit me with the synopsis. Here's my synopsis. The raft bros are captured by some intense hotties. The hatch is in crisis when the computer gets broken and Jack throws a hissy fit while everyone else tries to fix it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I cannot express to you. I'm just going to lay this down right now. I've never hated Jack as much as I've hated Jack in this episode. Out of the running for hottie of the week. (laughs) Out of the running for hottie of the season. Aww. <laughs> I don't know. That that might be an exaggeration, but oh my god, I wanted to jump through my screen and just like punch him in the face. I'm sure by next week she'll love Jack again. Mm. Your opinions are so fluid. Yeah, I know. I have really, really strong feelings and they can change very quickly. Next week I'll be like, hottest man alive. <laughs> All right, quick bits. Once again, it's Jack Bender directing the episode. Des- no way. <laughs> Desmond's partner was named Kelvin. The name Kelvin is purposely used in all of J.J. Abrams' projects in honor of his grandfather, who is very influential to his childhood. You know what that makes me think of? What? SpongeBob. Because wasn't that like sea cucumber named Kelvin? I think it was Kevin. No, I thought it was Kelvin. Pretty sure it's Kevin. I think it's Kevin, but also Kelvin is like a unit of measuring temperature, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I was like, I remember that from science. Let me tell you, I was not good at science. His name really wasn't Kelvin. I really thought it was. I think, I think it should have. I think Kelvin is a better name for a cool name. <laughs> I think it fits more than Kevin. The Dharma orientation film was filmed on the APO set of Alias. Any Alias fans out there, I hope you know what that means, because I don't. Could you see how I might have thought that was a snake? No. That's a sh- it does not a look swan? like a swan. Yes! It's I'm gonna, I'm gonna look like at a it. I'm swan. Gonna it's a weird-looking swan. If it was a snake, it would be a weird-looking snake, but if you're just glancing past it, in your very first introduction to this. No, and you I just, can see it. Thank you. It looks like it's hissing. Exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, I can see it. Yeah. It would be. It's I mean, it's like a, a razor weird, point tongue. Yeah, like it's a, a weird swan and or like a, weird a cobra snake. because it gets wider. I literally thought it was like a cobra. No, I can see it. Yeah, but like once you know it's a swan, it's most definitely a swan. Okay, but when you think it's a snake, you think <laughs> that's a funky looking snake. <laughs> I'm a snake. And lastly, as we know, 108 is the total of the numbers added together. Multiply that by five, and you get the number of days in the rotation of the swan hatch, according to the film, 540. But if you multiply 108 by three, you get 324, which is the number of people that were on Oceanic 815. I feel like that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, it's true. Okay, I know that the math (laughs) adds up. I just think that it's weird. Math ain't math. The math is math. Well, it is, but... My dog trainer was texting me. Hmm. I had therapy today. And Locke had one of his episodes right as it started. So I'm just like not even on camera with my therapist. I'm just laying on the floor yelling at the, the computer while I was holding Locke down. Yeah, I told him. Okay. But I was like, she was like, all right, let's dive into what we were talking about last time. And I'm like, hold on. <laughs> I just disappeared from the frame. And I just yelled, Locke's having a seizure. Hold on. And I was on the floor for like 20 minutes. How often does he have seizures? Once a month. Is that normal? You haven't taken him to the vet? I've taken him to a vet. It's not an actual seizure. It's like a whole thing. Editing Zane will fill the people in. Okay, but what if I want to be filled in? Too bad, Lauren. Hey, Editing Zane here again. It's not really a seizure. It's not a great representation of it. It is an atypical seizure, or otherwise known as paroxysmal dyskinesia. It's just an episodic movement disorder that may be a form of focal motor seizures. Really all that happens is he just kind of lays on the ground for anywhere like 10 to minutes to two hours sometimes. Just kind of shakes violently, a lot of muscle spasms. He's confused, kind of in pain, but the vet said it's just something that he has to deal with, unfortunately. But I always lay with him when I see it happen. And he's okay. Do not be alarmed. So we pick up where we left off last week, where the raft boys, as you put it, wash up on shore. I said raft bros. Sorry, raft bros. Well, they get the shit kicked out of them by a shirtless man. And then they're dragged unconsciously into the jungle and thrown into a pit. Michael demands to know where Walt is, but they ignore him. And like, I don't know if lock is the right word, but they like throw a little wooden lid on top of it. You missed the beginning. That was the beginning. Was it? Yeah. My first note was, Locke having a gunpoint makes me sad. And then I put, damn, Jin got got. I think you just watched the recap again. Did I? Yeah. The next scene, Locke is at gunpoint. I also made a note of Michael is always going, my boy. (laughs) Where's my boy? (laughs) Okay, but also... The intense shaky cam right off the bat. I was like, I already have a headache today. I cannot do this. They just didn't want you to get a good look at the people there because then the Ana Lucia twist wouldn't have been as Was she there? Yeah. Oh. Oh, you know what? Good job, shaky cam, because I did not see her until they threw her in the hole. I didn't see her either. I have my own quick bit (gasps) about Ana Lucia. But first, I need you to give me a quick bit. What is the actress's name? 
Michelle Rodriguez. And I knew it was Rodriguez. And do you know why I know that? (laughs) Because I have been saving this since episode one. I never knew who this person was, but I knew the name Rodriguez. Because do you remember our Dell laptop that we had as a family, a shared family laptop? Yeah. One day, for some reason, I went into the history, like the internet history. And do you oh, know no. what? Do you know what the internet history was? I'm so nervous. It was Michelle Rodriguez naked. <laughs> you know what? I don't think anything came up. That's so embarrassing. And then it was, but then I remember I went to you and I said, Zane, do you want me to teach you how to delete your search history? And you beat the shit out of me. So <laughs> that family laptop. We only had, what was I supposed to do? Be smarter. He was very young. You were like 12 years old, Zane. Every well, single boy I don't does it. Things are reciprocated from Michelle Rodriguez. So I think it's okay. Actually, uh, a friend of mine and I tried to start a lost Facebook group when around that same time. And one of the things that we did was just post about how hot Michelle Rodriguez was. And like the only person that ever uh, joined the group was like always commenting about how like he would do things to her. Cause Ew. I'm pretty sure he was like way older than us, but my friend was very territorial over her. So oh, she would like pick fights with the guy until he eventually left. Mm. I feel like I couldn't be famous because because I'm so hot and desirable that if all these people were like saying shit about me, I would like call 911. <laughs> Do not say that about me. Anyway. Or children. Imagine a child being attracted to you. That's literally disgusting. More on Ana Lucia later when she actually is in the show. Uh, once again, we see the shot of Desmond shooting the vent and Jack taunting Locke, asking where Kate is. This is like the third time we've seen this. Then we immediately get a flashback where Locke is at some sort of support group. They never actually say what it is, but it appears to be like people who were victimized by their family. And he's listening to a girl tell a story of her mother stealing money from her. And Locke can't help but laugh. And when he's called out, he says that everyone's issues are so small compared to his that his mother and father wanted no part of his life until they showed up and conned him out of his kidney. And then he says, you want your damn $30 back. I want my kidney back. And the group does not respond. How did we react to this scene? Uh, I couldn't really form an opinion because I was too distracted by um, who we later find out to be Helen. Because she's from Sons of Anarchy. And have you guys watched Sons of Anarchy? No. No. Okay, so she plays the mom in that show. And I have never hated a character in a TV show more than I hated her. And... I tell her. Yeah. So she always, aside from Sons of Anarchy, she always plays a very likable character in everything she's in. But I've never been able to like her because I hate her so much in Sons of Anarchy. And it really throws me off. But I think I've finally gotten past it because it has been probably like five or six or seven or eight years. Haley Steinfeld's mom in Pitch Perfect 2. Yeah, hated her. Hated her. Ruined the movie. That's like, I can't watch anything with Blake Lively in it because I hated Serena and Gossip Girl like so deeply that every character I'm just like, you suck. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. It'd be like if I tried to watch something else with the actor that played Joffrey. 
Yeah. Couldn't like do Batman it. Batman Begins. I've never been able to make that. it through that one. <laughs> In this scene, I kind of felt like Locke was playing like trauma Olympics, but also I felt that it was warranted. I'm sure her getting her $30 stolen was hard for her. But I also feel like if you're going to go to like a trauma support group, like maybe have actual trauma. I agree. But at the same time, like if your trauma is that extreme and everybody else in the group got like $30 stolen from them. Find a new group. Yeah. Maybe either get one-on-one therapy or get a new group because that's probably just going to piss you off every week. You know what? Like for me, that'd probably just make it worse. I'd be like, fuck all of you guys. I'd leave more mad. (laughs) Well, he did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, exactly. And I don't think he ever went back, which he shouldn't. Outside, Locke tries to light a cigarette, but fails, and a lovely lady jokes that it's for the best because he only has one kidney and he can't afford cancer. Um, I said that. <laughs> Recently, I've been obsessed with the word Riz because I'm, I'm one of the kids. I'm cool. So I wrote, Helen has Riz. <laughs> I, and I uh, think she does. I don't understand what Riz is, and I've seen people try to explain it, but I'm not even going to pretend. I just really was like, ew, Locke, smoking? That's gross. I mean, it's like... No, they knew it was gross it was, then. It was pre-2000. Smoking was cool. No. Still cool. Mm. I mean, she's referencing cancer immediately. I'm pretty sure they know it's bad. Well, Locke laughs and apologizes for ruining her meeting, but Helen tells him that he said what she has always wanted to say. And then she says it's a shame that he is not coming back next week because she likes bald guys. Locke says he's not bald, and she says she can wait. Oh, this is when I said that Helen has Riz. So I was like, that was a good one. Okay, so Helen. Yeah. This is the Helen? No. Why would two Helens? What? What? Lauren is referencing is that Locke spoke to a phone sex operator that you give money to, to say things to. So he just calls her Helen? Yeah. Okay. Unless he just kept calling phone sex operators and was like, what's your name? Do you want to know the emotional, like, roller coaster I was on in this episode? I was like, first of all, she comes out. And she introduces herself as Helen, and I was like, oh my god, it's Helen. And then I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? Is Helen the therapist that was leading that group? Is she now hitting on her client? And then I thought, oh my god, Helen's not a phone sex operator. Helen is a therapist, and he was doing virtual appointments with her, but also had a sexual relationship with her. That is so inappropriate. It took me until later in the episode for me to delete that note because I realized I was so wrong and that Helen's not a therapist. (laughs) I was so confused, but it took until right now for me to realize that that is not the other Helen. Who is not even apparently Helen. And this is really confusing for me. Earlier this week, in one of the Facebook groups I'm in, somebody commented, I'm so confused about the Helen timeline. When did she become a phone sex operator? (laughs) And everybody in the comments was like, not Helen, like different Helen. And I was like thinking to myself, we cover this episode this week. Lauren's smart enough to determine the difference between the Helens. No, Warren is not. And I even thought, how did I not recognize her voice? She has such a recognizable voice, this actress does. 
I was like, man, I should go back and see if I can recognize her voice. It's not Helen. <laughs> I feel like this Helen would have been more open to going to Australia with John. Yeah, probably. That's why I was so confused. I was like, how did they get from this to that? But they didn't. In the hatch, once again, Jack asks where Kate is, and we find her crawling in the vents, and she finds her way into the gun closet, where she grabs a shotgun and uses it to knock Desmond down. But his gun goes off, and one of the bullets hits the computer, and Desmond looks at the smoking computer and says, they're all going to die. Desmond tries to get up to fix the computer, but Jack won't let him, and Desmond tells him that he has to enter the code and push the button. Jack asks what happened if they don't press the button, and Desmond then asks if he knows Jack. I think our Kate is rubbing off on me, because when the computer got shot, I was just so annoyed at Kate. I was like, God damn it. Why do you ruin everything? You're breaking the the booze bottles. I was just like, I was just annoyed. And I don't really know why. I mean, he was holding a lock at gunpoint. Yeah. I was just like, ugh, could you do anything right? (laughs) (laughs) Jack gets spooked by Desmond's asking him of that. And after confirming that Kate... What? (laughs) Jack gets spooked of Desmond asking that him. Jack gets spooked by Desmond's question. And after Kate confirms that he has a gun on him, Jack lets him up so he can begin working on the computer. And then Locke gives Jack a knowing look. Then we get another flashback. As Locke attempts to leave Helen's house in the middle of the night. <laughs> I I said Locke was a dirty dog. <laughs> he, w- he was trying to dine and dash, if you will. Yeah. Dirty dog. Wouldn't have pegged him as one. <laughs> when Helen catches him, he lies saying he cannot sleep if it's not his own bed. Okay, that, though, is a fair point. Is that why you never stay over? Uh-huh. Among other reasons. (laughs) He reassures Helen that he really likes her, and he says that he will call her later. He doesn't really give her an opportunity to, like, respond. He just kind of, like, runs out. Dying and dashing. Locke takes his car to Anthony Cooper's house and sits across the street. He's surprised when Cooper gets into the car and confronts him for his stalking. Cooper says it used to be funny, but now it's just annoying. And he asks Locke what he wants, and Locke simply asks why. Cooper says that there is no why. He's not the first person to get conned. He needed a father figure, and Cooper needed a kidney. He tells Locke to get over it and not come back because he is not wanted. Locke sips his coffee in his car and cries, which I love you, honey, but it made me think of you. Me? Yeah. I'm sipping coffee and crying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was really hard to watch. I was very sad. I think it was sad, but I almost feel like that sh- could have, should have been, like, closure. If, like, I think his crying was a totally reasonable reaction. Right. I, too, would I might have even screamed. But, like, sometimes there is no why. Sometimes shitty things happen. Yeah. I mean, your kidney getting stolen is, like, a pretty shitty thing. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't $30 we're talking about. Yeah. But I do feel like his dad being like, you're not the first person. I literally don't care. You could be like, well, at least I know now. Maybe had he gone to therapy. Yeah. Been closure. He needed serious therapy. He needs to heal his inner child. That's what he needs. Yeah. Well, when I asked you this last time, 
when we talked about Anthony Cooper. And now that we've seen them back to back, who is worth Cooper? Cooper, who is worst? (laughs) Who is worth? Fucking Christ. Who is worse? (laughs) Cooper or Susan? Cooper is definitely worse. Yeah. Worse or worst? Worse. Susan is worse. (laughs) Back on the island, Desmond frantically searches the shelves in the hatch for something and Locke offers to help. But Desmond says if he can't fix a computer, he cannot help. Kate says that Saeed can fix a computer. See? Kate does something right. Oh, you know what I put in my notes? Oh, wait, not yet. Not yet. I got too excited. Locke tells her to go find Saeed. Then Desmond tells her there's another door as he finds a mason jar full of tech stuff. Jack takes the jar and says, we're taking a timeout, which I feel like I could hear you scream when that happened. Yeah, you probably did hear me. I... Why, Jack? Why? Why? It's like he goes out of his way to be the biggest asshole ever. I just don't get it. I Like, what crawled up your ass and died, dude? Because there's just no reason for it. I just don't get it. Like A lot of things are happening all at once. Jack has no control of the situation, so he's just trying to take control, but it's just not the time. But he asks Desmond how he got to the island, or more specifically in the hatch. And Desmond tells his story. Three years ago, he was on a race around the world. His boat, his boat crashed, and he washed up on the island. A man named Kelvin saved him, brought him to the hatch, and pressed the button, saying that he was just saving the world. Then the two of them saved the world together for a while, and then Kelvin died, and now it's just him. Jack eventually hands him the jar. Do you have thoughts on Desmond's story? How did Kelvin know that Desmond had crashed on the island? That means that they must have some way of, like, knowing what's going on, which to me means that Desmond knew that the plane crashed, but why didn't he run out and get someone to like relieve him? You know what I mean? You think Desmond knew about the plane crash? I think one, how would he not know about the plane crash? By living underground. Okay, then how did Kelvin know that he washed up on shore? He only had a window of 108 minutes that he somehow knew that he was there and ran out and knew exactly where he was and got him and brought him back. Jack is skeptical of Desmond's story, but Locke believes him. Jack asks Locke if he's just going to take him for his word, and Locke says that that is all that they have. But Desmond says they do not have to take him for his word. There's a film behind Turn of the Screw on the bookshelf, and Locke finds the film labeled Orientation. On the beach, Hurley plays fetch with Vincent because Shannon is just nowhere to be found, even though Saeed and Vincent, her two responsibilities, are both right there. What? Saeed is her responsibility? Uh, to he make him feel loved. He can't loved. take care of himself. Man's all know. over the place. <laughs> Irresponsible. Hurley helps Saeed carry some sort of luggage across the beach, and he says he's happy for things to get back to normal after such an intense night. Instantly, Kate comes running out of the jungle, screaming for Saeed, which upsets Hurley. Yeah. He says, he when he sees her run out, he goes, oh, crap. And I was like, Yeah. That is also how I feel when I see her. <laughs> she tells them that they need Saeed's help. At the pit, Michael and Sawyer ask Jin if they saw how many of the others there were and if they saw Walt. And Jin tells them he was blindfolded. They boost Sawyer up to attempt to lift the lid off, but it's tied down. The big guy nearly stabs Sawyer with a giant machete. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was so funny. Because he's just, like, up there all of a sudden, it's like, knife. <laughs> like, 
I'm sorry, but that like I audibly laughed. I lol. Like I just thought that was hilarious. You lol. I did. Well, then he falls and lands directly on his shoulder. Are you aware that Sawyer has a bullet wound on his shoulder? Damn. <laughs> that would have hurt. Then he throws an unconscious woman in there with them. Did you recognize her immediately or no? Yes, I did. Again, I feel like the fact that you're binge watching this gives you an unfair advantage. Had I'm, I'm literally not. I'm watching it week to week. Oh, I have the gap. I don't have the gap of the seasons. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't call it binge watching, though. But yeah, you're right, because we just had the finale. And... Right. Was she in the finale? Yeah. Crazy. She meets Jack. That's why they... Oh. Forgot. As they set up the movie in the hatch, Jack asked Locke what was going down before he joined them. And Locke explains that Kate was tied up and Desmond had a gun on him. Then Jack says, says Desmond as if he's still shaken up by his presence. And Locke tells him all the questions that Desmond was asking about the sickness, how many of them there are, the crash. And Jack asks why he didn't ask him anything. And Locke says because he had a gun on him. Fair. More mention of the sickness. Hey, Lauren is pretty intrigued by the sickness that Danielle and Desmond have mentioned. Okay. Weren't you pretty intrigued by the sickness? Yes. And then no. It was one of the storylines that they dragged out too long. And I was like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> so I hate to spoil it for you. It's going to be a while. <laughs> ah. Jack says Locke seems calm for someone who believes the world is about to end. But Locke says that Desmond will fix the computer. Jack tells Locke that what Desmond is saying is impossible because the computer that is supposed to save the world doesn't look anything like that one. And Locke asks if the reason why Jack is so upset is because Desmond said he recognized him. Because that would be impossible. And Jack does not answer. Why would that be impossible? What are the odds that someone that you met one time is also on the same island as you? You know what? Let me tell you something. That's like that time that I told you. You like said something about recognizing someone on Ohio State campus. And I was like, you will never recognize someone like Ohio State is so big. And then I went to the dining hall and I sat at this table and at the direct table next to me was this man that I went on the worst date ever with. And I told Zane about it and he was like, what are the odds? You see someone on campus. And I was like, you are so right. (laughs) I like, it was, you know, those situations when like, you're both aware of like each other's existence, but it's like, neither of you wants to do anything. It was like that. And it was so awkward. Uh, Also dad, would always say that on every Green Creek trip we would go on, like whenever we'd be hiking, he'd be like, what are the odds that I run into someone I know? He and Uncle Steve would say that. And then he did on a trail in Montana, I think. He saw someone that he worked with. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. Something that happened to me when I worked at Planet Fitness, I came into work one day extremely hungover and jokingly laid on the floor because I was not feeling well. And... This girl came in and my manager, who and I, he and I were buddies, was like, look at this guy laying on the floor. So lazy. Right. And I look up and it was a girl that I had gone on a date with and ghosted. You did the ghost. I did the ghosting. And then after she walked away, I kind of like hit him on the arm. And I was like, why did you do that? Because I had just told him the story because it was the second time she had come in. 
and I avoided her. But I had just told him the story and I pointed her out to him at one point. And I was like, that was her. And he was like, oh, well, that's not too bad. And I'm like, well, now it looks like I'm laying on the floor so she doesn't see me behind the counter. (laughs) That's pretty bad. You know, she's going to think about that moment for the rest of her life. (laughs) I'm not that much of a prize. I'm sure she's forgotten about me. If if I thought somebody laid on the floor to avoid me after ghosting me, I would think about it a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it would haunt me. I would have to tell my therapist about it. For sure. Oh, another one of our bits. Kate has an uncanny ability to almost pick a fight with me right before I go into therapy. And then she quickly is like, well, we got to make up so you don't tell your therapist bad things about me. (laughs) He always pisses me off before therapy. So then I say something mean and then we like hang up and then I'm like, oh my God, he has therapy. So I always have to call him and be like, Hey, <laughs> please tell your therapist. One, one of, I don't know if this is a bit or just like a healthy relationship, but anytime we get in a fight over the phone and it just ends abruptly, maybe like five minutes will go by and whoever like did the ending will be like, I just want to apologize. <laughs> okay. I feel like we're making it sound like we like are having like screaming matches all the time. We have little tiffs. We, yeah. we piss each other off. You pissed me off. That's what I always tell him. We'll be on the phone and she'd be like, why are we tiffing? Because <laughs> we do. We just get in like stupid little tiffs. They start the orientation film. We see that it's called the Dharma Initiative. And this is orientation film three of six. And this is station three, the swan. So immediate, Lauren. The snake. Shut the fuck <laughs> Immediately, Lauren, you have to have questions. Well, yeah, because obviously this is not the only station. So we're like, I'm assuming it's like all over, like a lot of different locations, not like, oh, multiple stations on this island. So I just want to know, where are they? And this is also a really long, I mean, this is also a really old film. So like, clearly this has been abandoned. Like no one is coming to relieve Kelvin. So... What was their plan? They just abandoned all this shit. There's fucking polar bears running around and like a giant magnet ripping planes out of the sky because we're going to talk about magnets today. You fucking, we are. Lauren has a theory. We'll talk about it. Lauren has a theory that a giant magnet ripped the plane out of the sky and that's what caused the crash. (laughs) All right. theory. Dr. Marvin Candle greets the two-man team of the swan. Talks about the origin of the Dharma Initiative, two doctoral candidates fucking from Michigan. Oh, I know. I of all the that. fucking places. Uh, they're called the DeGroots. They imagined a communal research compound where they could learn about all different areas of science, psychology, zoology, and we saw some polar bears, and electromagnetism. For example. Magnets. <laughs> Magnets. They received, they received financial Magnets. backing. Sorry, I had to do it again. You were getting really mad. They received financial backing from a man named Alvar Hanso. And then Candle says that the Swan was originally supposed to be a lab to understand the electromagnetism in the area of the island. But shortly after the experiment began, there was an incident. Now, every 108 minutes, they must push the button. Candle says, do not attempt to use the computer for anything. And then it immediately cuts to the end. And he says, namaste and good luck. We also see that the film was made in 1980 and Locke says, we're going to have to watch that again. I thought about that because that's like 40 years ago. 
Yeah, when I saw 1980, I was like, oh. But at the time, that was like 25 years ago. Yeah. Well, I thought that the orientation video was camp. (laughs) I think I understand what camp is still. (laughs) Imagine if the the hatch is like still up and running today. They need to film a new orientation video. Who do they bring in to replace Dr. Candle? Trisha Paytas. Trisha Paytas. Yeah, that is true. I'm pretty sure we're never going to find out what the incident was, are we? Cannot confirm nor deny. I'm just going to tell myself that we don't because it's going to be one of those things where even if I have a glimmer of hope, I'm going to be like really, really upset if we don't find out. What do you think it is? I think the giant magnet got activated and did something bad. So now they have to constantly make sure that the magnet is off. In the next flashback, Helen gives Locke a gift for their six-month anniversary. A key to her apartment. Which made me think, is that more of like in outdated traditional relationship norms? Is the key to an apartment more of a gift from the man in the relationship or the woman in the relationship? And the reason I ask that is because last night at dinner, Kate and I realized that Kate is the man in our relationship. Yeah. She uh, makes more money than me. (laughs) She pays for dates. She drives everywhere. Wow. It makes me sound like a bum. Yeah, it does. Helen says that the key comes with a price. There's no more leaving in the middle of the night. She tells him that she followed him to Cooper's house. And Locke gets defensive asking why she followed him. And Helen says she cares about him and that she wasted 20 years of her life being angry. She said she told herself to get over it, but she couldn't do it alone, and she needed help. She says Locke helped her, and now she can do it for him, but he has to promise that he will not go to Cooper's house anymore. Locke agrees and puts the key in his pocket, and they share a kiss. Is this when you realize that she's not the therapist? I think so. I think that is when I deleted it. But okay, how does he get his car keys back? We're not there yet. It's a different scene. I wasn't listening (laughs) You said keys. You said keys. And then I was just like, whatever. It it triggered that. Okay, just cut it. I'll ask later. Back in the hatch, Locke resets the film and Jack asks him if he's actually going to rewatch it again. And Locke asks if he's going to. And Jack says no and walks away. At the pit, the woman comes to and asks who they are. Michael explains that they were in a crash from Sydney to L.A., and Ana Lucia asks if they were on 815. Yeah, again, with the flight number. My yeah. God. If someone was like, were you on flight 815? I don't know. I was on a plane. <laughs> I can tell you where it was coming from and where it was going. I like the idea that she asked 815 for clarification. Like, obviously, I know the I know the reason why she did it. But, like, imagine if they were like, no, we, we were on... We were on 297. <laughs> it's like, we were on a different plane that crashed. And, and Buddy over here, he was on 316. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? They realize that she was on the back of the plane. She tells them that a suitcase knocked her out during the crash, and she came to underwater and swam to shore. So, you were right. Haha, <laughs> 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 I'm so smart. So I thought we could refer to them as the Tailies, mm-hmm. and Lauren wanted to call them back of the planers. Both are clever. <laughs> we 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 settled on Tailies because it sounds Australian. I thought that was what they called them. 
called her. You know what? I fucking knew it. I knew it. The other day, I was listening to one of our episodes, the one where we determined <laughs> to call came. them tailies. It just and came I right said, out. <laughs> I said, I fucking bet he didn't come up with that. I bet that because, oh, Zane, I'm going to punch you right in the face. I'm calling him back with the planers. I hate you. <laughs> hey, so what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, why are we having this argument? <laughs> You got to start watching the episodes around the episode that you're on so you have context. I knew it. You know why? Because you we were the episode where you were like, "Oh, I asked you if Boom was a sacrifice the island demanded." And I said, "Stop quoting the show to me before we get there." And then it was like we said Tailies, and I was like, "I bet that's an actual thing from the show and that he did not make it up." And no, he's trying totally to act- made that up. <laughs> Can't save God. yourself now, Kate. <laughs> well, the question is, have I done that for anything else? I'm sure you have, because I don't think you have an original thought in that fucking brain of yours. Okay, well, maybe I just want to, like, let fans of the show know what we're talking about rather than giving it fake labels all the time. Okay, listen to me. If they can't figure out who the back of the planers are, stop listening. Sawyer asked her if she was alone all this time, and she says she was hoping to find someone when the others found her. Michael asked if she saw a boy with them. She said, my boy! <laughs> Have you seen my son? Where's my boy? They all make introductions, and then Sawyer reveals that he has a gun to use on the big guy. That makes me think of um that TikTok. I have a gun. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Oh, it's not funny if you don't get it. <laughs> when do guns come up on your TikTok page? I've seen your For You page. It's food and no. makeup tutorials. Mm, I don't watch makeup tutorials. Just the other night, we were watching Bachelor, and your mom's watching a makeup tutorial on Facebook. Oh, and that's you're like, because, I don't like her. That's because I'm up to date on the drama. Not oh, wait, which, which drama? The best? Michaela? Yeah. Yeah, who's using the fake eyelashes. But she's been in a ton of other drama before that. And my mom was like, do you know this girl? I love her. And I was like, is it the one that says Nas? I've never liked her. I don't know. No. She just do you guys have an opinion on Scar Girl? It's fake, but honestly, <sighs> yeah. I respect her commitment. I think good for her. Honestly. I mean, she got what she wanted. They, like, interviewed her on Barstool. Yeah. She wanted to be famous. She's famous. Okay. She accomplished. In the hatch, Jack asks Desmond while he works on the computer if he is in contact with the people who made the film. The answer is no. He asks how he didn't know about the crash. Desmond says that he presses a button every 100 minutes. He doesn't get out much. Jack asks about the replacements, and Desmond says that Kelvin died waiting for his replacements. So he hasn't slept. He hasn't entered REM in a long since Kelvin died. I don't even know if he entered when Kelvin was alive. That alarm still goes off. Yeah, but the video said that they take shifts. I assume you'd right. probably get used to it. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I can't... Okay, so, like, I was a nanny, and I have also dealt with a dog that had explosive diarrhea every hour on the hour. So I have had a short glimpse into what it's like to not sleep through the night. I remember that year. <laughs> yeah, I was the biggest bitch you have ever met in your life. When you yeah. don't get sleep, like when you're woken up consistently throughout the night, like 
I'm sorry. It's amazing that Desmond kept his cool, especially around Jack throwing his hissy fit, because the way I would have just committed No, murder. I would have shot someone. Yeah, 100%. I wouldn't have pointed the gun. I would have shot it. Just bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I don't do being sleep deprived. Jack gets angry, and we get a lot of Jack face in this scene. And he asks if he ever considered that they stuck him down there to push a button every hundred minutes just to see if he would, and that all of this is a mind game. And Desmond tells them that he's thought about it every single day. But for all their sakes, he hopes it's not real. But the film says it's an electromagnetic station, and every time he walks past the concrete wall, his feelings hurt. I like that his accent makes it sound like he said his feelings hurt. I was like, me too, Desmond. Desmond finishes the computer, says a quick prayer, and flips a switch. But it blows a fuse, and the computer smokes again. Locke asks what happened, and Desmond tells him it's over. He grabs some food, some vaccine, and a gun, as Jack looks at a photo of Desmond and a woman. Locke tells Desmond that Saeed is coming, and asks where that he's going. Desmond says he's running, and closes the door behind him. Relatable. I, too, when things go wrong, run in a panic. (laughs) Mm, When things go wrong, I normally take a nap. (laughs) Jack leaves right behind him, telling Locke that none of this is real. Locke says that none of this was supposed to happen. And Jack tells Locke that he is on his own. Locke goes to the computer room and opens the computer back up. Trying to figure out what to do, he accidentally knocks the toolbox over. And in his frustration, he asks the island... What is he supposed to do? And I know you don't like Locke, and I'm hoping you relate to me here because you always say you want good things to happen to Locke, but this scene always just breaks my heart because, like, the idea of, like, him opening up the computer to, like, continue to work on it, Locke doesn't fucking know what he's doing. He's just, like, grasping for straws, and it just hurts me to watch. I think I was just already sad for him because Jack was such an asshole to him. Like, the whole episode was just like, oh, what you precious I am going to do for you now? Stop. Cut I that completely out. That agree. I completely agree. Like, he was just being a jerk. It's just, like, I, I know I've talked shit about Locke and his, like, cult-like relationship to this island and everything, but, like, Jack is so anti-faith and anti-Locke, honestly, at this point, that I'm just, like, team Locke all the way. I'm like, yeah, whatever you want, man. You fix that computer or cry about it. But, like, here's the thing that pisses me off so much about Jack. Where are you going? Okay, fine. You don't believe that the whole computer thing is, like, worth your time. Okay, you're still in a shelter full of possible supplies, food. You're not going to look around. You're just going to leave. You're like, you're on your own, Locke. You don't want to explore a little bit? Where are you going? It's just stupid. You're going to go back to the fucking beach? The caves where you have nothing? Was that your question before it's immediately revealed where he was going? Yeah, that was. Okay. (laughs) I'm giving my commentary on the time. Sorry. It's giving. I'm getting major vibes that Hurley was in this mental hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. That's so funny. (laughs) Shut up. We get a flashback. Locke can't sleep, and he leave, leaves Helen's to go to his father's again. But Helen followed him and rear-ends his car, much like that Gilmore girl. I was literally going to say, it's like Richard and Emily. Uh, for context, in the hit show Gilmore Girls, when Richard and Emily were separated, 
and Emily was going on a date, Richard was followed she? her. I think she... I think they just ran into each other yeah, and had chemistry. Richard followed her and just fucking rear-ended her car and was like, you've been in an accident. We need to go home. Uh, okay. I thought that the rear-ending of the car was a bit excessive. She could have just parked next to him. Yeah, it was the 90s. You can buff that out. Okay. Actually, might have been the 80s. That long ago? I can, I can never tell. They're, they just look so old. But the the wig looked a lot better. She takes his keys and throws them over the gate. Lauren? Do you have a question? Uh, yeah, and this is the first time I've mentioned it. How is he going to get his keys back? He probably has a spare. I don't. On I him? Have... Who carries the regular key and the spare? If only there was a second car. But then he just has to leave his car there. I don't think Cooper is going to mind that much. He's there all the time anyway. Also, I do not have a spare key to my car. You don't? No. You didn't get two? No. You know, I'm not sure I have a spare. Am I the only one who has a spare key? I Andrew has, has a spare key. my old car. But he broke it. Helen tells Locke that Cooper is not coming out because he doesn't care. She says that she knows why he keeps coming back, because he's scared of moving forward with her. She tells him that he has to choose. It's Cooper or her. Locke says it's not that simple, and he can't choose. She says he can, but he screams he can't and slams the gate. He says he does not know how, but Helen says he doesn't need to know how, no one really does, and that's why it's called a leap of faith. She tells him that he does not have to be alone and offers her hand, and he takes it. And that concludes the flashback storyline. Do you have any thoughts or concerns? Maybe like what? what happens to Helen? Well, obviously, but I like does that even need to be said? I just figure we'll find out later. What do you think happened? I think he won't give up on the daddy shit and she leaves him. Pretty simple. I don't know why you said it so aggressively. Because it's pretty simple. It's just <laughs> what we do. I know, but like I don't like when you you started to ask that question before I even you know, normally you at least let me say that I have no thoughts before you get pissy with me. You were just like immediately pissy. Like, you have the, do you, you have, have any? No do you have any thoughts, Lauren? Do you have any thoughts on that? You had your I have no thoughts face, so I just skipped to the question. Okay. Saeed, Kate, and Hurley arrive and Locke asks for their help. Kate goes looking for the breaker box to restore the power and Hurley finds the food. Yeah, um, that food would have not lasted long if I found it. That's all I got to say. Oh, Zane, did you show Kate what I did last week? No, I have not. <laughs> I will not repeat it, but have Zane show you the video because I gave a very uh, vivid detail of how I would have reacted to the food. I am just saying, like, if I've been eating, like, random tree fruit and things I found in the ocean, I am, I'm sorry, the world might end, and I'm going to be eating while it happens. Yeah. You don't really like pork either. Mm -mm. I'm not a pork person. Yeah, I would be have I would have just locked myself in that food storage. Just been like, I'm looking for the breaker box. Still looking. It's behind the <laughs> Apollo bars. I am looking real hard back here. <laughs> Sawyer attempts to enact the sick prisoner trick, but Ana Lucia doesn't like it. She asks about the gun and why he didn't use it when they got grabbed. 
And Sawyer tells her about the marshal and the stick that hit his face, and then asks why she's so curious. Michael tells him to back off, but then Ana Lucia punches Sawyer and takes the gun. She yells up top to let her out, and the big guy helps her out, and he asks who they are. All right. When that rope comes down, and she steps into it, and she gets lifted out, and she's all like fucking action hero stance. Welcome, Ana Lucia, to Hottie of the Week. Oh, wow. Crazy. That is crazy. Hottie of the Week reasons always make me laugh. My favorite is when Locke, because he had strong arms. (laughs) (laughs) That would have cracked me up. I regret that so much. I will never. You can't take it back. I know, and I, I'll never live it down. I'll never give him... He could literally, like... There could be a flashback of him with, like, an eight-pack, like, just saving puppies. And I'd be like, nope, not Hobby of the Week. Jack tracks Desmond down and tells him to stop running with his gun. Desmond thinks that he wants the code to the hatch and gives him the numbers. But Jack tells him that none of it is real. And he's angry that he pushes the button on Faith alone and screams, nothing is going to happen. Desmond says that soon they will learn if he's right or wrong, and he tells him to go ahead and shoot him, but he's not sticking around to find out. Jack asks why he's running when he doesn't even know what he's running from. (laughs) It's like, why are you running? (laughs) Why'd you make it Irish? (laughs) I don't know how you sounded. Why are you running? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not good with accents. Do you know the way? (laughs) What? Do you know the way? What? That's the same joke. I didn't know that. Oh, my God. Okay, I don't know what you guys are talking about, but (laughs) I was so mad in this scene. Why is he screaming? Like, what is he so mad about? Honestly, He was really worked up. He was so worked up, and I actually feel like this might just be a choice that the show made that I don't like. Why did they have him do that? Like... I just feel like it was such an overreaction to the situation. Like, they're just pressing a button. And I can understand, like, questioning it and being frustrated with everybody else just going along with it. But why are you screaming at this guy that you don't know? I think what it is, is he's unburdening himself. Because if you remember, Desmond told Jack to have a little faith. And that little faith eventually led him to developed that relationship with Sarah, which you can infer did not end well because as Desmond remembers how he knows Jack and how he mentioned the girl, Jack reveals that he eventually married Sarah and he might be associating a lot of that pain from the Sarah relationship with Desmond because Desmond is kind of the one who started it all. Mm. And that might be... No, that's a bit of a stretch. No, that's literally what the whole thing is. Well, then I don't like that. Well, yeah, then I'm going to go back to what I said. It's a choice that the show made that I don't like. Because, really, that is a huge stretch, in my opinion. Like, okay, maybe it takes Jack back to that point in his life. But the thing that he's screaming about is, oh, why do you have faith? Why do you hit the button? Nothing's going to happen. What are you running from? And he's, like, screaming at him. He is so mad. I'm like, Jack, you have got to chill. I liked it better when he started crying. Because I was like... Fine, cry about it, but stop screaming. Desmond realizes that Jack and Sarah are no longer married, and Jack confirms. And then Desmond walks away and once again says, 
see you in another life, brother. That was pretty good. He didn't say brother. He just said see you in another life. But I love that line. And then in the next scene, Saeed works on the computer and Locke asks if he needs to know why. And honestly, even though it was such a brief period of time, the fact that Saeed immediately comes in is like, I don't have time for the bullshit. I'm just going to fix the computer, push the button. I thought Saeed might get hottie of the week. I'm a little shocked mm-hmm. by Analysia. That was You hot. know, it was. And I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, not in like a hottie sort of way. It was just so refreshing after Jack just had a whole fucking meltdown over nothing for him to just come in and be like, you gave me a task and I'm going to do that task. Thank you so much. Thank you for being calm and rational and hot, but not hottie of the week. Even Locke was a little weird with the whole like, don't you need to know why? It's like, no, there's a fucking countdown. Because he just got like fucking berated by Jack. So, you know, he's like, he's like a a traumatized child that now has like the nice parent. And he's like, are you going to hit me too? (laughs) But he does say that he needs to, he can learn about why later. Meanwhile, Kate restores power. When he was saying, follow the conduit lines, and then they like cut over to Hurley. Right before they cut to Hurley, I swear to God, she was standing right in front of the fuse box. And she was like looking all around. But I could have just been wrong. So I feel like that. No, I'm pretty sure she was because I even in my notes, I put that Kate restored power. And it wasn't until this happened that I was like, wait, it took her that long to find it. Because there was like three boxes right there. I don't know if it was just like bad editing, but I personally just think Kate's stupid. The alarm starts going off at four minutes and Saeed finishes up the computer. It's up and running and Locke starts entering the numbers. And then Hurley starts freaking out, saying they need to stop and think about this. That would have spooked me to my core. Because, like, imagine you play these lottery numbers and you win and you're like, these numbers are cursed. You're on this random ass island and someone starts repeating the numbers. I'd I'd be like, who told you that? You know that... The last episode that you were on, or not the last, two episodes, three episodes ago that you were on, the Hurley episode, he saw the numbers on the island. Yeah, I know that he, like, saw them, but, like, hearing people, like, saying them and they're, like, entering them into password. I convince myself that I'm hallucinating, like, all the time. And if I was Hurley, I'd be like, this is not real. (laughs) He was like, it can't be. What was the other note that you had as a Lost fan you should be embarrassed about? Oh, <laughs> when they were entering the numbers in the computer, I was like, oh, my God, wait, Hurley knows them. Like I told like I and when he like freaked out, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, he knows those numbers. I totally forgot. I saw that note and just literally face palmed. I was like, how I mean, did like, you forget? At first, when he started freaking out, I was just like, because they're typing numbers. And then I was like, I was like, oh, <laughs> I was like, no, he doesn't like those numbers. Speaking of which, Hurley has no poker face. Locke gets the last number wrong and he's like, go ahead. Uh, that annoyed me because like, if I'm Hurley... I just feel like my reaction would have been like, no, it's 42. And they would all would have been like, what? How do you know that? That would have been like way cooler. Because once again, none of these people fucking care what Hurley has to say. Listen no, to don't. him. He has a I, crazy story. I agree. In but that like, specific moment, no, they shouldn't have listened to him. They should have pressed the button. I get that. But like if I'm Hurley and then all the other numbers are the same and then they say 32 instead of 42, I'm not going to be like, oh, phew. 
<laughs> Just a coincidence. <laughs> right as he goes to hit the button, Jack came back and tells him that the last number is 42. Harley looks upset by this. And then Locke tells Jack that he needs to be the one to push the button. That annoyed me. I oh don't gosh. That was annoying. It caused yeah. me so much stress. First of all, they're all fucking fighting about it. And then, like, I loved it at one point. Saeed's face, he's just looking between them like, what the hell? We do not have time for this. <laughs> like, I was hoping he was just going to hit it and be like, you guys are children. Because <laughs> even though I have been so anti-Jack this whole time, like, Locke, this is not the time. Like, I feel just like him coming back and correcting the number was, like, enough. Like, if he didn't exactly. leave it, he would have just let you put the wrong number. That is exactly how I felt. Like, I feel like Jack already kind of took that step. He came back, he gave the correct number, and he's letting them all push it. He's, like, kind of distancing himself from it. But to me, that was his little leap of faith. He doesn't have to push the button, Locke. Back on his cult shit. Jack tells Locke he should push the button. And Locke says that the film has said it was a two-person job at least. Saeed tells them that it's irrelevant who pushes it. But then Jack takes a step back and says, no one needs to push it. None of it's real. Jack says that if Locke wants to push the button, he can do it himself. And Locke asks, if none of this is real, why did he come back? And then we get the greatest pieces of dialogue of all time. Locke asks why he finds it so hard to believe. And Jack asks why he finds it so easy. And Locke screams, it's never been easy. Love that moment. Okay, here's what I have to say about that moment. It was an intense moment. And it was impactful. But it was about a button. And I feel like it was really overdramatic. It was a... The button is a metaphor. It's about oh. having faith. It's about believing in a greater purpose. This is deep shit, Kate. I... Told I called Zane after I watched the episode and I was like, I laughed a little when that line was said because I was like, I know Zane was sitting there and was like, that was so meaningful. Like I knew, I know that he had like goosebumps and he was like, that was artistic. That was amazing. That was so deep. And then, you know, you said you were like, well, it is my favorite line in the show. And I was like, I knew that. I, I, I knew it. I told mom last night. I think this might be my favorite non-finale episode of the show. And I'm sure that'll change the further we get into the show, but I was really feeling it. First of all, love Locke episodes. Love the hatch. Love everything about the button. Love Jack and Locke when they butt heads. This is just, and this scene, it was just so, chef's kiss. This episode pissed me off and stressed <laughs> me out. But don't you love episodes that make you feel? Remember when Shannon and Boone banged and you were like, I'm so upset, but I liked this episode. I don't remember that. But this is like such a different feeling. I just wanted to strangle Jack the whole time. And I don't enjoy that feeling. With under a minute left, Kate tells him that maybe he should just press the button. And again, Jack refuses. Locke tells Jack he cannot do this alone and he doesn't want to. And that it's a leap of faith. Worn down. Jack presses the button as the time has one second left. It flips back to 108 minutes and Locke sits down, claiming the first shift. I cannot stand in shows when it ticks down to the last second. Like, have you watched Andor? Yes. Every single fucking time that Cassie and Andor had to get off the floor before it went live, 
He waited until the last second. And every time I wanted to choke him, just get in your pod, dude. It makes me so mad. It stresses me out so much. It's a classic action movie trope. It's like they cut the wire with one second left. But it's also me doing my homework. Like, turn it in by midnight, 1158. I'm like, and that is how the episode ended. So the reason I asked Kate to be on this episode is because I wanted to have three very different people to discuss the ideology behind do you press the button and why? I would press it. Why? I'm just a rule follower by nature. And I don't really, I don't really question the man that often. Like I do. I feel like I I like to question it in like a talking shit kind of way, but I'm just going to do it. Like at the end of the day, I'm going to press the button. I might be like, man, why we got to press this fucking button every day? But, but I'm just going to press it. I would press it, but I feel like I would press it because I catastrophize situations. So I'd be like, if I don't press this button, the world is going to end, which is pretty much the biggest catastrophe that you can have. Mm -hmm. But if I press the button, the worst thing that happens is I'm a little sleepy and I pressed a button. So you being a little sleepy is actually a pretty bad thing. It is the world might end either way, if we're being honest. I think definitely if there's another person there, it would be way easier because you can take shifts. But I would still press the button. And I feel like it goes without saying that I would press the button. But now I propose to you a situation. Let's say we're on this island, but not all at the same time. Locke is not on the island. Mm -hmm. You are not a paraplegic that needs the island's magic to walk. And you're the only one committed to pressing the button. And rescue shows up. Bye. So why press the button the entire time? I'd probably tell them. I'd be like, "Mm, maybe look into that. Yeah, I would just be like, listen, here's the situation. Uh, We're going to need to contact somebody about this button. Because honestly, if I'm being honest, if the world was actually going to end, they would not have abandoned this site. You know what I mean? Somebody would have come down the island and shut it down or like taken measures to deactivate this giant magnet ripping planes out of the sky now that leads me into my next question and kate you cannot answer this one so for the love of god do not answer this question lauren Mm -hmm. is the button real i don't know kate what do you think (laughs) (laughs) um uh, i'm my gut says no I don't really have a reasoning, but my gut says no. So you are on Team Jack. Not really. I just feel like... It's hard to say. Like, I don't know why I think it's not real. I think maybe just because I'm like, what could it possibly be? What could that button possibly be doing? 108 minutes is so random. I almost feel like they did that to keep the people like in line, you know, to keep their workers in there, in the station, focused on their task. The task of pushing the button? Well, they must have been doing other shit of like, like we don't even know anymore because Desmond is not a person from whatever this place is, Dharma Initiative. Like he's just a random guy. 
like Kelvin was the one that would have all this information, and he did. Well, the orientation film specifically stated that before the incident, it was a lab. But after the incident, the only purpose of the swan hatch was to push that button. Yeah, I just, like, why? Like, I just, I need to know why. I I feel like I am a healthy mix of Jack and Locke, and I honestly am probably more Jack, just without screaming at people. I know what you're going to say. I do scream at people. But I wouldn't if I were in this situation. I don't feel like that's a reason to scream at people. I scream at people because they ate the last drumstick. Ask Andrew about that one. Or, you know, they try to... They spoil shows for me. But I do need... (laughs) I do need to have a reason. Like... This show might piss me off if they just drag me along for five more seasons and never tell me what this fucking button does. Lauren wouldn't scream like Jack does. Locke would be like, it's a leap of faith. And Lauren would be like, it's a leap of faith. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what I would do. I think that if I was in this situation, I also wouldn't believe in the button, but I would also still hit it. Yeah, why take the chance? Exactly. That's the thing. I wouldn't say... I don't know. I guess I would be in between Locke and Jack, too, because, like, Locke definitely believes in the button, and I don't. But I, I'm going to press it. Yeah. I'm not going to not press it. Because, like, what if? And like you said, the worst thing that happens is, like, I pressed a button. And, like, who cares? Nothing happened. But if I don't, people might die. I have no idea. Now, if I knew everything about the island that we do know, like... The numbers. If I was a paraplegic and landed on this island and could run free, I might believe in the button. But if I just, like, plane crashed, I don't know if I would. What about a pillar of black smoke? Would that make you, would that have no, a factor? No, because I'm kind of on Lauren's side that I wouldn't know it's a monster. It um, literally, okay, I understand. I wouldn't know. I can understand not understanding as a viewer but the damn thing was wrapped around Locke. But if I didn't see it. But he did see it. That's what I'm, but he also is the one who went from being in a wheelchair I, I, to being able to walk. I understand. I'm, you're now Jack in this situation. You're not the paraplegic. You're a doubter. But you did see the smoke monster. Again, though, I'm on an island. I'm hungry. I'm dehydrated. I'm tired. I would have been like, that was a hallucination. Other people saw it. I don't know. You know what I need? I need Locke to find out about Hurley's story. I want that ASAP as possible. Yeah, that's the other thing. If you're Hurley in this scenario, you know those numbers have some sort of significance. Yeah, but he thinks they're bad news. But you know what? I think if I'm Hurley, I'm definitely pressing the button. Because it's like, those numbers are bad, but like I'm not going to go against them. I'm going to do it. Yeah, Thoughts on what's going to happen with the Raft Bros and the Tailies? <laughs> so, the back of the planers. With the back of the planers, I well, don't actually, really... Do you think they're all Tailies? Or do you think maybe Ana Lucia might have joined up with the others? No, I definitely think they're all Tailies. But I don't really understand, like... You know, they, they were, like, pretty aggressive. They were pretty intense. And then as soon as she was like oh, you guys were on the plane? She seemed to kind of soften up, but she doesn't seem like a very soft person. But at the same One time... One thing about Ana Lucia, she's a sweetheart. <laughs> at the same time, they kept them 
in the hole. I mean, we only see her like get taken out and like, that's the end of what we see. But I would assume that they would just be like, okay, obviously you're not bad. But my observation from the beginning, like the very first scene was this group of people are way, way, way different than our group. And then like, once you realize that they're also from the plane, like our group is just chilling on the beach and like, yeah, their babies are getting kidnapped and shit. But like this group, they have weapons. They have a whole ass prison in the ground and like they're on guard. So what the hell has been happening to them? It's the real Lord of the Flies shit. They do not trust these people. And like you would think as soon as they find out that these three guys are from the plane, they would just be like, oh, okay, come join our camp because you're also survivors. You know what I mean? But so are you curious about what happened with the tailies? Well, it's what literally what point? I just it's what I just said. So yeah. Uh lastly, who's next week? Hmm. I'm hoping we get some more action over with the raft bros. So I'm gonna go Sawyer. All right. I'll tell you the title, and then you tell me if you still think that. Okay. Title is Everybody Hates Hugo. Uh, after doing some reflecting, I think it might be an early episode. <laughs> you are indeed correct. Wow, I'm really intuitive. Oh, I just thought of one last bit. Okay. It's you flubbing the outro every time. That's not a bit. I just, it's hard. Shut up. Okay, speaking of the outro, let's do the outro. And I'm not going to flub it. <laughs> I'm flubbing it. I can't do it. Okay, why is the only thing coming to mind? Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. <laughs> well, I guess that's technically the actual outro. You know that we didn't even do... Um, welcome back, everyone, to Lauren Gets Lost. We, we never do it when Kate's on. We always get distracted. All right, I'm so distracting. So join us next week for Everyone Hates Hugo or Everybody Hates Hugo. Who hates Hugo? Everybody. And until then, you can find us on all of the social medias. TikTok at LaurenGetsLost.pod, Instagram at LaurenGetsLostPod, Twitter at LaurenGetsLost, and on Facebook by searching Lauren Gets Lost Podcast. If you like us, please give us five stars, anything less, and I'll trap you in a hole in the ground. Leave us a review. If you really like us, you can donate to us using the link in the episode description. Tell your friends about us. Tell your family. And tell the people in the back of the plane on your next flight. And join us next time. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced and guest starring Kate Worcester. And our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. Namaste and good luck.